genre. My name is Adam Sheehan, and I'm here as I always am with the other voices on this show, Sean Batiste. Howdy. Casey Crawford. Hello. And RJ Blake. hey As a courtesy, I want to remind our listeners that this is a spoiler-heavy podcast. If you haven't read last week's books yet, we're going to ruin those for you. So uh, I'm going to give you timestamps in the episode description so you can skip anything that you might need to skip. Our top story this week is X-Men number 20 by Jonathan Hickman, Francesco Mobley, and Sonny Go. Sean, I really like the continuity of you remembering to say howdy, uh, <laughs> changing it up a bit. I tried a I new greeting. Uh, I don't know if I love it. I figured I'd try something different. It didn't feel great. But nah, it, you're not a howdy guy, I'm but gonna you're getting there. It. I'm going to workshop it. I believe it a in bit. you. Yeah. I just feel like it, we've done 75 of these fucking things. It's time for something a little different. That's all. That's all. I appreciate your effort. I just don't care as much about what's going on, so I just need to figure something else out, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I'm hurt. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah. <laughs> How is everybody? How are we all doing? Uh, you know. I'm in it. I'm in it right now, but we don't have the we don't have to do that with the listeners. But I'm here for you. <laughs> yeah, been, uh, Sean is playing hurt. It's but yeah, I'm but <laughs> but I'm a true competitor, so I'm here. Toughen it out for you. For some reason, I thought you were going to say true patriot. I don't. I don't know why. That why was... would of all the things you know? But why would I be saying true patriot? I don't know. It's why I was. Confused. And it wouldn't have gone to get the theme. God, come on. <laughs> I'm better than that, and you know it. You are better than being a p- true patriot. Zing. I see what sorry. you did there. You turned I'm the sorry. whole thing upside down. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I, I experienced um, friends in person for the first time this past week. I thought. Never mind. <laughs> yeah, for a second I thought we were talking about the Friends reunion. That yeah, we, no, we were. I, I thought you were, were going to talk about watching Friends in person. I was like, how else would you watch Friends? I don't no. understand that. Uh, well, yeah, how, yeah. how was Friends in person That's for you? It was, it was amazing. Aw, yay. It was weird. And like, I, I'm learning that there's a lot of like post-traumatic shit I'm going to be dealing with for a while. Uh-huh. <laughs> But what, it was great. Like what? Like uh, having people within six feet of, of you and you're just like, ah! Yeah. Yeah. And it was like a barbecue and and there was like, you know, a whole like touching food thing that I, I was getting weird about, you know. Mm. So it's I turned you into that. a germaphobe is basically what you're saying. I think I've always been well, a germaphobe. He's just, just aware of it up. now. Yeah. yeah really yeah, amped it's it up. Been, it's been cranked up. Yeah. I've never really been a germaphobe. I, I've. I've always been a hypochondriac. Like I always think I, I have something, but I, I'm I'm no. not. <laughs> well, come on, I, I I don't like. <laughs> I don't do any preventative measures against it. We'll we'll, we'll say mm, that I it's my you. own it's brand of mania. Hypochondriac that... with a death wish. Yeah, <laughs> but n- now it's now it's both, and it's weird. I used so. to be a hypochondriac, just licking subway poles. Just yeah. going, God, now I'm gonna get something. <laughs> oh yeah, it's a self fulfilling. You gotta. Look, I was right. I told you I'd get sick. Yeah. <laughs> like enough park benches. Yeah, I've been um, I've been going bowling and it's been nice, but like it's weird. It's like, oh, there's people near me and um those balls are dirty. The place I go to is <laughs> really taking to the CDC guidelines, so it's uh 
much of much more of a free for all that I'm that I thought I would I didn't think I would give a shit and then I was like my brain has learned a lot of patterns and habits over the last year <laughs> so this is weird <laughs> yeah very close I don't like it yeah so and my I- ball don't touch it it's <laughs> my ball. ball. Yeah, luckily it's uh, I don't have to do that yet. But like, just being near, like you're in the you're inside and you don't have a mask on. Like, what? Get out! Yeah. You're not allowed to do that. Yeah, I've yeah, been experiencing it, that at work. That part of my brain just is not going to turn off probably for a long time. Uh, someone told me recently I didn't do any research to know if it's true, but basically we like wiped out the flu this year. Like, if if humanity tried yes, like actually made an effort, we could just not have the flu. In the in the yeah, future, and they're saying and, but like, the coop. I was reading about this because of that, <laughs> and there hasn't really like gone out. We haven't done it. Like next year's could 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 potentially be twice as bad because it's just oh, been because cool. it's just been germinating by itself and it could spread out and just fuck people. It, we we pushed it away so one formed the legion of super. Well, it super could viruses. spread because I think it <laughs> normally it's like starts. Underground in yeah, the, I think it normally oh, starts no. in other countries, but since we have all the travel being stopped, it couldn't spread. Yeah. So it's just been like. Okay, well, the thing I was trying to say I thought term. was good news. <laughs> it I was thought... good news, but also, like, it could be bad. You're that guy <laughs> who says that a, a sunset is pretty because of all of the air pollution. No, I'm not like, that you dickhead. can't just let us. <laughs> well, yeah, we didn't have the flu, but we had COVID. So it's not like I'm the guy who ruined the time here. <laughs> Did you have COVID? <laughs> No, we established that I brought COVID to America because of Kieran Gillen. No, Kieran. That's that's unsubstantiated. <laughs> it's the what I'm going with. We're I not have blaming, no evidence. Just to be clear, we are not blaming Kieran Gillen for I COVID. Am. I am. <laughs> okay, well, Casey is. She does not reflect all the beliefs of everyone on the show. You know, if everyone in the world is going to come up with their own fucking reality and dig in and just like ruin everyone else's life about it, I'm going to hang on to this. Karen, we, give, Karen like Gillen him. gave me COVID. But yes, we like him though. I don't blame him for it. You it's just, just did. You, it's, you literally, no, no, those like, words came out of your I don't mouth. Think, I'm not saying it's a he's a bad person because he gave me COVID. He just happened he, to be the guy Karen, that gave Karen me COVID. Karen Gillen did not give you COVID. You don't I, Karen, know that. Karen Gillen is a force of inevitable nature. <laughs> He's you don't the, know like, that he did. You don't know that he did. He's so the Forrest just, Gump of the COVID crisis. I'm, I'm choosing to believe that's What's where I got happening? it. <laughs> I, I want to run away from this conversation as quickly as possible. But, but like, but what Sean was saying, like there, there's a lot of learned behavior over yeah. the last year uh-huh. that unlearning is going to be difficult. There's some things I think I'm always going to do. Yeah. Like, I might always mow the lawn with a mask on because I found out that really helps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, some um, activities I'm like, oh, okay, it's this, not... Again, I, I didn't get the cold. Like, yeah. I didn't get yeah. sick over the oh, last year. I'm for year. sure always going to wear a mask, like, at the grocery store and, like, certain things like that. Um, yeah, I was, like, talking to a friend who works at, like, a pottery studio, and it turns out that um, a lot of the chemicals in pottery is, like, really dangerous. Like, it's, like, harmful to you and your lungs, and it's, like... He's like, mm. oh, well, yeah, well, you know, wearing the masks has been kind of a happy accident. I'm like, you should keep doing that. Yeah, That's- seriously. Why weren't you wearing masks before? Fuck. Yeah, I think yeah there's a lot things There's like a lot of things that I'm always going to wear a mask for. Yeah. Like going to the doctor's office. I think I'll always wear a mask. Mm. I'm about to get on an airplane next week, and I'm going to wear have three. A three. I have, I'm going to be wearing three masks at once. You need once. an You're extra like, large bottle of Purell. You need, a, you need a, like a mask launcher in case no one's wearing a mask. I think they're heavily enforcing that on like transportation, like planes and stuff still. Yeah. 
I hope so. It I'm going to freak out. I'm going to I'm for sure going to freak out. That is the only guarantee is that I'm going to have multiple panic attacks because like just regardless because you're on a plane in general. Well, I, I don't have a fear of flying, but it, everything about air travel is uncomfortable and anxiety inducing for me. That's like fair. everything about it. Like, air travel is terrible. Yeah. yeah. Like the how have waiting, we not figured out how to make it comfortable? I don't understand that. Oh, I for me also the like <laughs> be there at the place at the time and then wait for a long time until the time that you go and then really you have to go or you're gonna miss it. It's like everything is is very intense. <laughs> it's a lot of hurry up and wait. Um, and I'm always afraid I'm gonna fuck it up at yeah, every stage I'm, of I'm everything. The same way. I understand. So I don't think there's a way to fix that. Um, but uh, th- so add on top of that. Potentially people not wearing masks, people definitely being too close to me, people sitting in the yeah. chair next to me. I'm going to freak out. So <laughs> Did you just drip hand sanitizer on me? Yes. It's okay. You need it. You're good. <laughs> I'm just going to have a bucket of pure <laughs> Yeah. Instead like, of the little fans above you, it just, it's just a, it just shoots hand sanitizer. It's, right like, a, it's like a paintbrush. Just like, a, like, just like one of those um, spray water bottles that you have with fans <laughs> on them. <that> just <laughs> hand sanitizer. <laughs> It's just yeah, just misting people with oh hand sanitizer. Yeah, especially because it's a plane to Florida, and if COVID lives anywhere, it is on a plane to Florida. That's at where the very it least has a has a beach house there. It's like it's like in the roof on it's, like a ninja. That's in the plane. its that's its villain lair. That's where it's it's teaming up with the it's, flu to make something worse. That's where it goes work. to work. Yes, yeah. Legion of Doom. Just yeah, underneath. Yeah. yeah. So. You know, we'll see what happens when I get back, but it's uh, going to have a lot of panic attacks, that's for sure. <laughs> well, at least yeah, I... Yeah. Godspeed. I, that's not <laughs> something I'd be able to do right now. Yeah, no, I'd like, it's in some way... So, I don't know if I've talked about it on the show, like, uh, on air, but I'm, I'm going down to Florida because my mom needs to get surgery on her hand. So it's good that it's happening because there would be no other reason I would get on a plane to go visit her. Like, <laughs> in Florida. Like, it's just like, there's no... There's, it's not worth it. It's not worth the risk. Everything's terrible. So, like, it's worth the risk in this situation, but I'm not happy about it. <laughs> oh, Florida. Uh, Florida. What a fucking nightmare. I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I'm going to have panic attacks when I go to buy her groceries. I'm going to have panic attacks when I go to buy dog food. Like, it's just all going to be just like, ah! <laughs> oh, just going to be on edge for three weeks straight. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to leave the house for, except for to buy groceries and stuff. So, like, but. And know. to go on down to Barnacle Bills. On North Monroe, baby! Unless they do, de- <laughs> yo, get that sh- fucking DoorDash. They got to for- do delivery. They got to yeah, do fucking delivery. DoorDash <laughs> for Barnacle Bills. Come on, Barnacle Bills. What are you doing? <laughs> Anyway, uh, comics? comics. Who's up? Who's up first? I've got one. Um, <laughs> you've got the one that you have to talk about. Yeah, I'm contractually obligated to speak about this book. Sure, you're so this paid. is uh, TMNT: The Last Ronin, number three, by Kevin Eastman, Peter Laird, Tom Waltz, Esau Escorza, Isaac Escorza, Ben Bishop, Louis and Tino Delgado, Samuel. Plata and the rest here on Gilligan's Island. Uh-huh. Um, Man, that's you know they say it takes a village. Um. Yeah, this they took a small city to make this book. <laughs> yeah, I I I, th- I think uh, I think I just answered my first question about this book, which is why has it taken so long since issue two for this to come out? It yeah. turns it's, out there's 47 people working. It's on literally it. they just can't get them all together to be on a zoom meeting to talk about the comic. That's literally <laughs> once they got that covered, then they could actually make the comic. <laughs> yeah. That was one of those ones where like, I didn't really 
practice the names at first. I was like, whoa, this is a lot of names. Oh, fuck. <laughs> so um, we're still in this apocalyptic future where, um, spoilers, because I already said that at the top of the show, um, <laughs> Mikey is the only surviving turtle after a, uh, a really serious fight with the Oroku clan where they tried to assassinate Karai. It was a whole whole mishigas of of a lot of bad things happened uh but you finally get to see that today this issue though yeah we do get to see more of of what went down so um this this issue is kind of tricky to cover because there's several different flashbacks to different time periods as well as what's currently happening so as far as what's currently happening Karai's son, Hiroto, just declares martial law because there's a single turtle on the loose in New York City that almost killed him, and... He's acting like a little bitch about it. He is acting like a little bitch about it. (laughs) So much so that he's willing to just turn the whole city into chaos until it's over. So, yeah. Shit just kind of goes south. Um, Meanwhile... Mikey is is in April's sewer layer, kind of like like trying to come to terms with how Casey and April's daughter is just following in the same footsteps that they all have. Yeah, he's where... being real, real a butt. Really, yeah, he's being a butt because <laughs> he, like he's like she's just a kid, but it's like, dude, you're a teenage mutant ninja turtle, so like. <laughs> Well, now he's a grizzled middle-aged mutant ninja turtle, yeah. okay? <laughs> yeah, I mean more than middle-aged at this point. Yeah. Oh, also like um as he gets older, he keeps like going through more mutations, like his body's mutating yeah. even further. So he's got like weird powers it would seem. So, at any rate, Casey's like, y'all can't tell me what to do. I have my own gang topside, so I'm going to go see what they're up to. Turns out, uh, turning the city upside down, because <laughs> it's martial law. So that's kind of, that. that's the current timeline thing that's going on. We also keep skipping around. Um, we find out that April has Professor Honeycutt's head that she saved from the last time they were all together and kind of shit went south. She- Apparently... Sorry, RJ? Oh, she also explains that uh, she thinks that Honeycutt is the reason why they all died, because the Foot Clan hacked through his safety nets. Yeah, because um, Stockman had, like, was able to keep track of Honeycutt's location and things like that. So it's, it's all, it reminded me a lot of in, um, was it City Fall or City at War? When the metalhead robot was evil and they had to keep trying to stay two or three steps ahead of him because he has all of Donnie's memories. It's kind of like the same idea where there's this, they just have the GPS of Honeycutt. So wherever Honeycutt is, they're just like, all right, we'll blow up that location. Right. God damn it, Honeycutt. Yeah. So we, we kind of get a flashback of that whole scene of, Basically, Honeycutt giving their location away, them getting just destroyed. There's a, um, like a last stand battle that is pretty insane. 
Yeah, there are all these like hovering Mausers. Casey gets this cool sledgehammer that he uses to <laughs> yeah. just sledge up some robot foot soldiers. I but love the, that. The, it's, I love that it's like the end of like the the last final battle, and Casey's like this like veteran at this point. He's still using like whatever random equipment he can find around. Like, well, Christmas. he's also there's also lines from the first TMNT movie in that scene where he's like. He's like, the class is pain 101, and I'm your instructor. It's like, wow, that's a 35-year-old joke. It's great. And he's like, oh, I guess uh, hockey's not your sport. Have you ever tried cricket? It's like, that's from the, f- the first movie. That's awesome. <laughs> so they, they try to get everybody into this safe room, but that doesn't really go well. The whole building ends up getting destroyed. This is kind of them finding out, or Mikey finding out, that April had actually survived along with pieces of Honeycut, including his head, and then came to missing an arm and a leg and pregnant. So that's got to be kind of wild. <laughs> it's a hell of a day. That is a hell of a day. <laughs> and then um, they kind of catch up on where Mikey's been and like kind of his whole reasoning of leaving, because he just like returned to the the place he last saw everybody and found a crater so it was like well i guess i'll just travel the world well what's his face and splinter went to japan for something so he tried to go find them there. well they were in peace talks yeah. yeah so half of them were in japan and the other half stayed back so that's where he he went to follow them because you know everyone else was in a crater <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, so there's a lot, there's a whole lot going on in this issue. Um, but basically, the the whole city is just in an uproar trying to find Mikey, and April's trying to see if she can get the Honeycut brain back online, and then they're kind of arguing about whether or not they should even get involved and all this other stuff. And then April's like, "Oh, also, while you've been gone, we've been kind of preparing for this and building." And she opens up this like underground garage, and there's just a whole turtle tank down there. Like, <laughs> so cool. A full blown, like, the Batmobile from the Chris Nolan movies yeah, on the steroids. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so that's cool that they have their own Tumblr. It should be very helpful as they drive through all of those ninjas. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so they're basically like trying to come up with some sort of plan to deal with. With Karai's brat son, who's trying to, you know, take over the city. And <laughs> now they have a tank. So that helps. That always yeah. helps. It's better than just trying to Leroy Jenkins your way in like Mikey had been. But does it shoot <laughs> sewer lids? Is the real question. It has to, right? Like, <laughs> there's no way. It just seems like a very dumb ammo source because, like, uh, dude. Have you seen sewer lids? I know, but like, how are you going to collect all them and store In Hurricane Heist, it decapitates someone. Yeah, like, I'm sure they'll work, but like, you just. That's the second time you've brought up Hurricane Heist. I guess I'm going to keep bringing it up. It's a very limited amount, I guess, unless you just take all the sewer caps all across the city. And there's just people driving. too. Manhole covers are free. (laughs) People just driving through holes all over New York. Also, the amount of force it would take to actually throw a manhole cover and get it to fly through the air like a frisbee. I feel like the first time they, like, the fight, like, Baxter Stockman, they, like, just 
cut him in half. It's like, whoops. Uh, <laughs> oh, definitely overestimated the, uh, underestimated yeah. the power on that one. Jesus. Yeah, like, yeah you know, you're just shooting a ton of metal at someone. Just shooting a lid that's 200 pounds <laughs> at 100 miles an hour. <laughs> it's, not even, it's not even sharp on the edges either. It's <laughs> no, just, it's just, it's just force. force. Yeah. It's a lot of ripping. <laughs> It's like shooting a broadsword at someone. <laughs> I, I want the Mythbusters episode of this. Oh man! <laughs> Could you Can imagine? Can you fire a manhole cover? How much? How much get it power? To... Would it yeah, take I feel like the amount of launch force, one. You need a lot. The amount of force it would take to to launch one, you could fire so many other things that are so much more effective at killing people. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. So they're 250 pounds. <laughs> yeah, it's basically just. A like wide, like cylindrical uh, uh, cannon. Like it's just a cannon. (laughs) It's just a cannonball. That's exactly what a cannonball is. But like less predictable than a cannonball, too. (laughs) Just just gonna go. Because it it could just flank right or left at any moment. Yeah. Yeah, Jesus, take the wheel. You know. Jesus, take the wheel. (laughs) <laughs> Playing some frisbee golf with manhole covers. Yeah, but how much spin do you think you can get on a manhole cover? I don't know. They could shoot them, so you could figure it out. <laughs> anyway, not the detail I wanted to get hung up on the uh, on this uh, this issue. <laughs> but yeah, th- this this series is is pretty it's pretty cool. I've been enjoying it. It's just been super hard to follow because a it comes out so infrequently, and b it's coming out alongside the. IDW canon TMNT series, which also has alternate timeline things happening in it. And that Fugitoid. Are different. And... Yeah, and Fugitoid and everything else, and it's different than this, so it's 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 been hard to keep my head around it. It's been hard to follow along. I might honestly wait for the trade on this and, and really give it, a, give it a good solid read-through, because reading it piecemeal... Months and months apart has has been yeah been it's tricky. it's brutal when something goes on hiatus or not hiatus but just takes a long time to yeah come out like that agreed all right so yeah guess that's me yeah I've got Harley Harley Quinn number three by Stephanie Phillips Riley Rosmo and Ivan Placentio You Go Strange is just a big meanie yeah it's torturous true he's Joker just guys. just experimenting on on these. Poor people. Uh, yep. And then he's uh, running out of uh, whatever whatever serum he's using to like ingest them with. And uh, yeah, what is his goal here? I don't he's know. Just, he's just murdering the clown. So I guess the big reveal is going to be like the weird clown super soldier thing that he's trying to create. I guess <laughs> maybe he also has them all like locked up in like cri- in like clear cages. And they're like floating above on like a rail system. Seems very high tech for. Yeah, there's a lot. Whatever a lot he's going doing. on there. Uh, so he talks to his um his assistant Lockwood, and he asks if she's still if he's still keeping tabs on Harley, and uh, has him go out and essentially uh track her down and bring her in, and then it cuts to Harley who. Is setting up a therapy group for for Joker, uh, uh, Joker people, and it's adorable. And she gets in, and no one showed up, and it's sad. <laughs> what a, what a good thought and like a good effort, but like yeah. number one, 
how did you not think they were going to use this to track you down? Number two, <laughs> uh, yeah, I feel like there's just lots of better ways to do this. And, and Kevin... A, a for effort. Kevin's uh, you know? there because, you know, Kevin, Kevin's the best and you can trust him. Um, yeah. And he's like, maybe they're just late. It's like, uh, that, that's for parties, Kevin. Not for <laughs> therapy groups. Um, but uh, some people do end up showing, uh, showing up and... She kind of is, she's like nervous and like kind of not sure what to say. And she has like three, these different scripts written, but they're not really working. She like starts off with a joke. She's like, I'm Harley Quinn and I'm an addict of, oh, I'm addicted to positive mental health. She's like, do you get it? It's like, no, it's, it's terrible. It's just, what the heck? Tough, it's a tough room. And she's, she's like shedding index cards of like what to say. And then not really a room to make jokes. Either. No. Uh, yeah. It, despite them all being clowns, I would not recommend jokes. Um, at one point, I like that she's like, eggs and licorice. Wait, no, that's my, that's my shopping list. Also, what a weird shopping list. Yeah. <laughs> well, she's already got the bat toaster, so, you know. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, and so she, no one's talking, but she kind of, uh, one person kind of builds up the courage to, to speak. And he starts talking about how he thinks maybe Hugo Strange is right that the clowns don't deserve to be happy. And then a guy in a hoodie who's totally not Hugo Strange's assistant that we just saw <laughs> uh, is like, yeah, uh, he's right. Hugo Strange just wants to help people. It's like, what are you doing? Well, you know, I think you're wrong. Uh, and then she recognizes him and is like, what are you doing here? And uh, he calls in reinforcements, which is just orderlies with Cattle prods. Yep. Um, and then there's this great fight scene that is super chaotic and just there's donuts everywhere and I love it. Because <laughs> Kevin brought donuts and there's like these just these pages that are full of like flying donuts everywhere. That's great. <laughs> it's fantastic. And uh, so they, they end up uh, shocking all the people and taking them into the vans. But Harley Quinn plays possum. And when they get outside, she kind of starts hitting them. And then she goes to Kevin. She's like, Kevin, never get in in vans with strangers. And he's like, they didn't even have candy. (laughs) 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 So they start driving away, but Harley's on top of the one van and, like, hitting it with a club. And um, she causes it to crash. And then she escapes down into the sewer. And through the, through the course of the whole book, she has this narration about this psychologist who wanted to figure out where smiles came from. And they experimented by shocking prisoners because, you know, completely ethical science experiments back then. Oh, yeah, of course. I mean, Yikes. not even just back then, but still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, so she keeps talking about how there's these all these different kinds of smiles, and how you know smiles can be false, or smiles can, even though they're false, make you feel comfortable. And there's this big splash page of her kind of visiting different key figures throughout her life, and like the different kinds of smiles they had. And it's a really great splash page. I I loved it. Yeah, um, it's awesome. She kind of interacts with them too, because when it gets to Kevin, it's like, and some smiles are the are truly genuine. Uh, no ulterior motive, just honest. And she's like high fiving the the image of Kevin, and it's it's really cool. It's like 
the the art is just really dynamic and great at storytelling. Um, and then she uh, hears a sound behind her, and it's Solomon Grundy. She she bumps into him. Oh, okay. Because he's in line with like it's like um, yeah. Poison Ivy, Batman, Hugo Strange, Kevin, and Joker, and then right like behind Joker is Solomon Grundy, and she's like too caught up in like her own little so it's like just all the different hallucinations, <laughs> and then Solomon Grundy yeah. is real. <laughs> it's like oh, oh and God. then that's where it ends of her having to fight Solomon Grundy. <laughs> uh, so good. I, there's a there's also a part I liked right when um, Lockwood like reveals himself and brings the orderlies in. He's like, "You should leave this to professionals. What are you trying to do with your support group?" And she's like, "I am a professional, motherfucker. I've got a degree." <laughs> like, who are you kidding? <laughs> oh my god, it's so good. All right, you guys. Um, oh no. I know we've just come to this. So it's, I, I've postponed it too long, but we have we have settle to settle down. This. Just stay calm. We'll be okay. <sighs> Department of Truth number nine by James Tynan the fourth and Martin Simmons. Motherfucker, this book. I these guys can attest to it. I had like I was freaking out and texting them and almost spoiling it for Adam. Like the whole time I was yeah. like <laughs> reading this book, I was like, <gasps> it's all happening. All right, so. It starts I was this out. close to muting the group chat. <laughs> <laughs> Except I was also texting you directly. You yeah. couldn't escape me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so uh, th- this issue starts out and it's um, Hawk, who is a ca- character who works for the Department of Truth that we learned, mm. we-, we met in the last issue or two, uh, who's just a real son of a bitch. And it's him uh, talking to another uh, employee of the department and watching the film footage of Cole as a kindergartner participating in the satanic panic, essentially. So, like, Cole, like, had some kind of nightmare, made up a story for whatever reason that, like, implicated his teachers in um, baby eating. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is, like, just, a you know, a, a imagination gone amok, and then people playing into it, and he gets attention, so he keeps going with it. But, um... Hawk is just so stoked. He's like, yeah, this is great. All right, you know what we're going to do? We're going to put, like, this this spooky creature in, like... He, like, because um, Cole draws the, the like, the star-faced man. And it's, like, not a very spooky drawing. So so Hawk draws his own. And he's like, all right, we're going to put this thing subliminally in all of his, like, Saturday morning cartoons. And we're going to throw in a couple sigils in there. And we're going to, like, you know, we're going to get this kid, like, locked in on, on this creature. Because that's, like, the 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 thing he wants to make for the Department of Truth to, like, further the satanic panic because we're not sure if the Department of Truth is good guys anymore. Um, so then it cuts forward in time uh, to uh, the Denver hotel room that Cole's staying in and Hawk has just broken in and is in bed with him. <laughs> like, just, like, snooping through his phone and just being a general prick about everything? About absolutely everything. He's fucking great. He's a fucking, yeah. He's a great He's a great character. He's a piece of shit, and he's a great character. I, uh, I get serious Hunter Thompson vibes off this guy, but I like can't understand why. Uh, he's got like it, it's. I think it's the way that he talks. Everything is very like vulgar and eloquent at the same time, and like urgent. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's screaming. He's just nonstop screaming, and and like he also is like pushing everyone's buttons. Like he calls um uh. Oh, God, I can't think of his name. Lee Harvey Oswald. Thank you. I was like, Lee something. Uh, he calls Lee Harvey Oswald Patsy. And then Cole's like, wait, who's Patsy? And he's like, I'm just a Patsy. And he like does an impersonation. Yeah. He's just like, what a piece of shit. I'm just a Patsy. 
Um, so yeah, so basically he's just like, yeah, kid, uh, I've worked for the Department of Truth for decades. Uh, breaking into a hotel room is not super difficult. And also, uh, there's nothing that I haven't seen before because Cole is nude. And he's like, I haven't, I've seen it this morning because I was looking through your phone. It's like, what the <laughs> fuck? What an asshole. Um, but then, you know, basically Cole starts to explain to him the truth behind everything and Which by everything i mean was fucking everything eerily close to just my normal regular like theosophy about things <laughs> yeah no we this is we've been talking about these themes throughout talking about this book and other books like the the things that you and i have talked about with like magical thinking and like symbols and sigils and shit like that all comes into play and i just feel so fucking validated so, yeah, I felt very seen by a lot I'm of this. I'm very seen by this issue. So uh, they're walking through like a, a fucking Walmart or something. And um, Hawk goes like, okay, you know, we're going to do some, so we're going to do some magic. So pick a card, any card. He's like, all right, uh, you don't need to show me a fucking magic trick. He's like, no, no, no. Anyone can do a magic trick. I'm going to do fucking magic. What's your card? And he's like, oh, it's the nine of clubs. And he's like, all right, well, tell me what that means. And he's like, I guess it's like related to the um uh the nine of wands right like in in the tarot and like it's supposed to be like creative um like male creative energy because the the wand is a phallus and like so dicks Dicks. it's all about dicks which is bad because cole is gay and then um hawk is just gonna harp on that for the whole rest of this i just like how he's like the pamphlet describing tarot didn't decide that the wand is a phallus. The fact that the wand looks like a big fucking cock did that. Like it was not. <laughs> yeah. a, like you weren't told it wasn't a fucking accident. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. And and then he starts to go through the history of mankind, and he's like, well, at some point during the cavemen, one of the smarter cavemen picked up a stick, and he's the one who decided what all the symbols meant, and then everyone else just you know went along with it because he's got the big stick. He's got the phallus. You know, and uh, dude, the now, way he talks about it is like the big stick means he's smarter and other the caveman. <laughs> now, Harry Potter's running around with a little dick in his hand, shooting out magic cum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he's like the shortcut that connects you to a larger continuum of symbolism and ritual. Yeah. And like Cole's like, Can we fucking stop talking about Harry Potter. It's like, I'm not talking about magic. Like, haven't listen, you been listening, not- yeah, you fucking I, I, idiot? I think that was one of those moments where the Hunter Thompson came out. It's like, We're not talking about Harry Potter, man. <laughs> <laughs> I, God damn it, are you listening? I love this. About Harry Goddamn Potter, man. I love the trope of the the grizzled asshole who just is in the the land of the fantastical and is just yeah. very like realist uh, about means. everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's he's that guy and really homophobic. Oh, he's like, he's a just, terrible person. He's a yeah. fucking terrible person. I don't know if he's actually homophobic or if he's just doing like he's everything he does. He's also seems to rustle everyone's feathers around. Yeah. Him he's also that's seen, he's seen everything and he's caused more. Yeah, exactly. So he's like, yeah. <laughs> so whatever. like, it's one of those people. Like, he's not gonna have any social nice because to him, like, none of the fuck, none of it fucking matters. Yeah, get to straight to the point. Like, yeah. you know, yeah. So then it starts to get into the real shit. <sighs> Strap in, motherfuckers. So he starts talking about like the way that like all the Greeks and the pantheons and like the the wild men in the north all had the same symbols. Like, you know, why do you think that there's a sun god in every single religion, right? So then start to realize that like the people that that can read at this time the people that can, that have like explored the earth at this time uh are are taking these symbols from like different places and using them incorporating them into their own rituals um so suddenly the, the biblical satan becomes a, a horned cloven hoofed devil 
and they use that symbol to make the little people fear all the pagan symbols that got wrapped up into them. Um, yeah, and then, it was a way to not have to teach everyone new shit. They already knew exactly. what the symbols meant, and now they just and, show up over here. And they exactly. took all of the old gods and were like, all right, well, here's, these are all of our naughty demons that you need to stay away from. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just and, all talk about transforming symbols to fit your needs. To fit your, yeah, your agenda. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, then these, these smarter, like the merchant class that's able to read and travel, they start forming these little social clubs <laughs> in which they use the silly little rituals based on their misunderstanding of Egyptian and pagan rites. Aha! The Freemasons. Yep. Missouri, yeah. So not only the Freemasons, he, they don't mention it here, but also the Templars. Um, yeah. That's why um, the, the Baphomet was like the, the supposedly the god that the templars worship but there's also a lot of like religious i'm that's too that's that's a different tangent can't go there yeah, what's yeah just, um, the, there's the, enough here already time. you can there's go on lot, so many tangents man. in this so many fucking tangents i just i just realized that i was about to go off yeah we can't I, that's I can't, that's can't. 25 minutes we'll, we Stay won't get the back course. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah i could i could literally talk about every page of this book for like an hour <laughs> like, yeah like easily. every with every page i'm like oh my god like it, it's it's like it's like James Tynan's been reading my journal. Like it's it's like, I just galaxy le- brain is, every single. This time. is the lecture like, he's been writing since he thought of this the idea for this comic. Yeah, yeah, basically, and and it's it's with the interpretation we've been having of this comic yeah. where it's like, oh yeah, like damn. Anyway, um, so yeah, so these social clubs, you know, lead to, um, you know. For example, Madame Blavatsky, and she's you know talking about the hidden masters. Basically, she comes up with this. She says that all religions are descended from a pantheist un-er religion that Christianity had hindered our connection to our true human potential. Which so is brilliant. She fo- yes. That's brilliant. It is brilliant. Uh, and like bl- whether or not you believe that Madame Blavatsky actually talked to the Hidden Masters or if her... Uh, but the- her the just Los- saying the reason you're not happy is because of Christianity and you need to reject that and listen to my ideas is fucking brilliant. Yeah, it is. And it works. <laughs> So she forms a Theosophical Society. So theosophical I'm Society. I'm sorry, say that three times fast. Theosophical Society. <laughs> theosophical Society. Theosophical. theosophical. <laughs> so, she, so then she takes this Western uh, esoteric knowledge of spiritualism and, and wild misappropriation of Eastern religious <laughs> concepts yeah. uh, that she, eager, she fed to her hungry audience. And then... Because it's just all you know, wealthy, it's all the upper yeah, class that find this bored. interesting and they're taboo. Quote unquote. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's the bored upper class, yeah. and and you know they, and they're just they looking for up. something that's interesting or like they could be considered taboo. It makes them more special, and it's yeah. it's so funny because this is like the exact dots I connected that that got me into kind of occult philosophy. It's yep. it all started with studying yep. Eastern religions. Yeah, exactly, and it's and it's like a misappropriation of those things and and a manipulation of those things for power. Yeah, which is yeah. fascinating. Yep. Um, and then now in London we've got the Hermetic Order of the Golden Dawn, another group claiming to be a metaphysical communication, what they called the Secret Chief. So they're doing the exact same it's thing the that Adam Lotzky did. Yeah. Uh, really confusing I... philosophy that that oh yeah that Order but, of the Golden Dawn. Also, but I could also go st- off on a you know stay a tuned side for tangent. our Patreon exclusive when uh, Adam Woo! and Casey break that shit down. It's just... Yeah, man. <laughs> like all I like, uh, it, you know who was also a member of the Hermetic of the the ah, I'm too excited. Yeah, just the Hermetic sh- Order breathe. of the Golden Dawn. Aleister Crowley most famously was. But you know who was in it before him? Fucking Lord Byron. Lord Byron thought that Aleister Crowley was a fucking nerd and kicked his ass down the stairs. I like, mean, he wasn't wrong. <laughs> it's 
awesome. Also, like, it's so fucking You could have just cool. kept talking about the book because that's literally the next paragraph. Is it? There we go. Yeah. yeah he's talking about a bunch Alex of smart Crowley. fucking he, nerds and was beliefs they made their own high society. Like, it's literally right there. But he, uh, he doesn't mention Lord Byron by name. That's my, that, uh, that's my okay. contribution to this. Gotcha. This, this that's your but, little nugget that you're yep, adding? That's my little, that's my little nugget. Yeah, because then they go um, right into Aleister Crowley. Yeah. So then, yeah. The, so then as, as these, like, secret societies, the Hermetic Order and the Theosophical Society are, like, popping up, we also get an introduction of the world to science fiction and mm-hmm. the like occult knowledge is now becoming mainstream. You've got uh, Frankenstein, Dracula, Lovecraft, all of these things are popping up. Now the world is getting smaller because these Egyptian symbols are in museums. Like there's, there's more communication. There's more world travel happening. Um, so then, you know, it's getting, everything's getting smaller. Um, Cause they say specifically because they become curiosities that people Yes. Believe in, but don't understand, so they can build the power of belief yeah. based on the image they're projecting. Because so, people are just want to know what the fuck is, exactly. the deal is. Yeah. So cut to fucking Aleister Crowley writing the Book of the Law, and he's he's taking the Horus and Osiris and all these symbols, and then he's inserting himself into like World War II politics, and he's going from Berlin to Britain and like offering intelligence and like offering his black magic services to fucking Winston Churchill. And basically this dude, okay, Crowley here was a weird fucking pervert and he wanted to be the biggest fucking pervert that ever walked the earth. And he hoped that if everyone thought he was the wickedest man in the world, that would give him power and it did. Like, essentially yeah. Crowley has done nothing. He just wanted to be perceived yeah, as that how and you therefore put it? Like, he, he is. He, Crowley made the world play by his magic and that gave him power. Um... Made him play by his rules. I love how they put, the guy puts it. He's like, it took Ayn Rand a thousand pages to say the same shit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, it, yeah, yeah. it was do, his. Do his... what thou wilt will be the whole of the law. Yeah, is, is what is the thelemic dilemma. Yeah, um, yeah. So, so I love his. Uh, this is Hawk again. See, the magic folks don't like me because I think most of them are full of shit. You can take all the drugs you want and get fucked up in the ass until you see a fucking demon, but that's just because we've got whole fucking universes inside our brain, and if you train it, you can make your brain do weird stuff. Uh, what Crowley did uh, was make the whole fucking world play by his magic. He saw the coming of the age, the do what thou wilt well, should be the whole of the law. So he saw like people rejecting Christianity and, and being like, gave you know, him something. It, Exactly. Gave yep. them the individualist spirit and like the weird mysticism to rationalize it, you know. And um, talking about how he cultivates that he personally cultivates this stuff is fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh my god. Because they're basically so, yeah. saying he uses these symbols and puts them everywhere so they always have power. So like the way he spreads and makes these things work for Department of Truth, he's just like, Yep, I have all these symbols and you see them, they're fucking everywhere, they're subliminal, but you don't know it. But they're just charging my magic so I can mm-hmm. do what I need to do constantly. I'm like, dude, it's fucking and crazy. You know what? This is also, this is why Morrison loves Superman. Yep. Right? Yeah. This yeah. is the Superman archetype but, of. Absolutely. He's been an archetype. So there's been a Superman archetype since before Jesus. Since right. Way but also, forever. this is right. also just comics and art and literature. Just yeah. people yeah. Mat- people reading the same thing and giving power to it. Because I, I and, talked about uh, The Unwritten, too, with Mike Carey, about how this, the power mm-hmm. of books this is, like, kind of more similar. Yeah, yeah, this is, I feel the way that I feel when I read Morrison yeah. with this issue. I just like how he, put, he says, well, and then the flip side of that, he's like, I put it on all the broadcast news I did it, but I put it in every pay-per-view porno, so they're seeing the symbols as they're fucking jerking off, which also which, gives a power. Which gives it as way we more know, power. Which is amazing. Like, this dude yeah. knows what's up. Like, he's like, yeah. this dude... 
Yeah, he's a magician who doesn't fall for all the woo-woo bullshit. And he bullshit. just does it old school. He knows how to give a power and he knows what the fuck to do. Like, Which I appreciate. Uh, yeah. I might fucking hate this dude, but like I feel that because like I, I feel I, I like I love the concept of all these like powerful symbolism and yeah. like the way that they're used and like the potential to use them in a magical way. But also I don't believe that being born on this specific time and this specific day puts me in the right fucking astrological category to for that shit to matter at all. You know what right. I mean? Like there's like right. that's a symbol and it and, works, but I don't feel like it has any inherent value except for what we give to it. And and, yeah. and sigil magic is is real in the sense that it's used on us on a daily basis in in advertising. Right. Like, yeah, absolutely. Like absolutely. if I sh- if I show you the gold narches, it immediately makes you feel something very specific. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, they all symbolism has been in our society since like he's just yeah. one of those people. Like he's the um, he's very good at what he, he's the best at what he does, but doesn't mean what he does like, isn't very nice. Yeah, like he's like <laughs> he's that character nice. in this book. Like he doesn't care that you don't like like, but he's got because the whole time like he's actively yeah, oh, he, doing yeah. this. While and, he's and explaining he's, this to Cole, and yeah, he, uh, he's just he's also antagonizing Cole. He's Which like is fucking uh, great. Oh yeah, at one point he tells, drinks. Dordorum, specifically a derogatory term yes. for a gay man, drink. And then uh, Cole is like, what the fuck? I just drink beer. And he's like, I always like those fruity drinks, but I can never remember the names. Order me one. And he's just like, well, Jesus Christ, thing, I'm leaving. The other like, thing, he says I'm leaving like so many times in this issue. Yeah. <laughs> the other thing that, that that's happening during this whole conversation is they essentially go to like a Walmart and buy a suitcase. Mm-hmm. And then they go to some apartment that has like a swastika on the door. Yeah, they buy... Yep. something put it in the 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 pack mm-hmm. put it in the uh the suitcase and then take it to the airport put it on a plane and then go get breakfast yep <laughs> yeah because this whole time yeah. they're explaining this they're covering the uh, people they're f- walking around doing that yeah. but they're, they're like that's people not think what the- they found a secret headquarters for one of the organizations for so, black for the black hat so basically they- he's like How, what story did you plant to get rid of that news and he's like yeah and he's turn like, the oh, news yeah, turn, on turn on the news <laughs> And he set off a fucking bomb at the Denver International Airport because that's the airport that they thought where Mm -hmm. the the, the underground tunnels was like the secret society of the Black Hat. And he's like, all right, so now what I'm going to do is have all my people at all the news stations show tons of fucking footage of all the underground tunnels that are underneath the Denver airport because that's where the fucking bomb went off. But just filled with luggage and it's nothing fancy. It's going to, yeah, it's just going to be luggage. It's, It's nothing fancy at all. And then... I'm going to insert a couple of my sigils, like, uh, you know, into the, the subtext, and boom, there you go. I'll have, now, my, now I'll have my pervert army crank it to all the fucking sigils. Yeah. So, yeah. like, yep. he just, it's so fucking good. Yep. And then, so that's that's the actual plot of this book, and then it cuts to... This is, like, the big <gasps> reveal of the whole... This is, like, yeah, this is what the book's about. Yeah. Like, that was yeah. this issue. It's just it's just tulpa magic. It's just sigil magic. It's just... It's yeah. it's what we've been saying it was yeah. since the issue. We got issue. it all I, laid out for us. <laughs> I always yeah. like the term thought form, because it's... Thought form, It's yeah. that... Uh, it, it's... it's the, the whole idea of magic is, is manifesting your own thoughts into reality. And I think that there's certain certain symbols for sure and and certain things that when you boil them down to it it's it's man this is always a tough thing to explain but like there there's a, at a very cellular level these certain things exist and there's certain like just ways of thinking and certain thoughts that can really manifest into reality i mean it's really hard to disprove number one because disproving anything is impossible but it's it's hard to refute the power of like the cross 
Right. You know, the, the like, cross is such like, a good example. It's hard to refuse the power of a symbol. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 the way that those symbols are used and the way that like, you know, like yeah, how the fuck did Aleister Crowley get famous? It was just magical thinking. He just wanted to be the wickedest man alive hard enough that he became it. Yeah. He didn't murder anyone. He didn't even have a cult, really. He had some followers, but like, what did the guy do? Write some really bad poetry. Uh, a couple books that are basically nonsense. They're basically and, written in, in code that doesn't even make And gave make bored any rich sense. people something to do. <laughs> and then jerked off a lot. And like that's good for like that he, guy, I guess. good for him, you know. He accomplished what he did. I missed a major part of this, also. So when they're talking, to, don't go too far back. I can't go too far back, but the, but it's crucial to the actual book. I'll I'll leave off the end. The end is UFOs. That's all I gotta say. It's UFOs and Bigfoot and Moth Mothman, and it's very exciting. But we'll talk about that in the next <laughs> issue. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they're just saying that the Mothman is a tulpa created by the Department of Truth. Anywho, uh. So, so th- when they're talking about Crowley, they're talking about um, when Crowley tried to do the moon child ritual to create the basically the Antichrist. He had to enlist the help of the Scarlet Woman. Mm, yes. Yes. So that's uh, the, 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 the woman with the X's for eyes. That's when Cole's like, yo, is that who I saw? Was that the Scarlet Woman? And, Co- and Hawk says, that's the million dollar question, ain't it, kid? So... Maybe she's the fucking Scarlet Woman created as a tulpa by fucking Crowley. I mean, the Scarlet Woman in real life was just a bunch of bored, drunk, uh, like and debutantes o- and that only wanted. Three people that they know of have seen her. That's like exactly, big, yeah, so. yeah. Like uh, um, his partner and and Lee Harvey Oswald being the yeah, other so they two. Have no idea who this person. They have no idea is. who he is or what she is. But she, but the connection to the Scarlet Woman is uh very big. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh fuck, I can't believe I didn't think that she might be the Scarlet Woman. I'm an idiot. I'm a fucking idiot. Uh, yeah the scarlet woman essentially to crowley was like the mother of the occult and he was always trying to create one with like his like wives at the time but they were just like drunk messes (laughs) so like but i thought the idea that he could have created his own scarlet woman and it became this and got out of control and now she's like the tulpa of conspiracy is very very possible so oh this book broke my fucking skull open you guys it was a lot (laughs) It's a lot. I'm sorry I took too long. <laughs> yeah, this episode is getting away from us. Yeah, let's 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 go. <laughs> Speaking of jerking off, uh, <laughs> money I didn't mean to do that. I didn't mean to put those in order. <laughs> money shot number eleven. <laughs> so that's it by Tim Seeley, Sarah Beanie, Carol, and oh, sorry, Caroline Lee Lane and Kurt Michael Russell. The vault book that keeps on chugging. Arc we're, three, we're back, baby. Yeah, baby. Um, I can't believe it's got three arcs. I love it. Yeah, the opening news stories talk about Gator Rama. It's just a whole thing. Um, there's gators in New York City. Oh my god! Yeah, climate change. Yeah. yeah, they're taking over New York. But just to know anything about, if you really want to get a vibe for this show, our main character. A vibe um, for this show. Nice. Yeah, it's a great way it starts. Ocampo starts off um, saying goodbyes for her old. Old vibro- uh, vibrator Rosie shutters and welcomes in icy tremors to the to the fold. Um, <laughs> but then, as she's doing this, she's watching um, the news go on, and there's this like fucking bombshell scientist lady that wants to try to save uh, the planet from global warming. She's like, "Yo, this lady I- is hot as fuck." 
I'm I enlisting love, her to be in my porno scientist group. I love that, ev- like, while she's talking about, like, how to reverse climate change using, like, seaweed farms, she just keeps having to, like, readjust her boots. <laughs> yeah, yeah, keeps zooming in. It's just, like, yeah. shuffle, shuffle, shuffle. <laughs> yeah. And then the last thing of the news broadcast is one poll says President Kun- President Kirk can eat America's whole ass. I also <laughs> love that it, it, it zooms out at the end and there's a gator by your apartment. Yeah, there's a gator there, yeah. <laughs> Great. I didn't even catch yeah, that. There's a gator there. Her cat. And she's in Michigan. <laughs> yeah, her cat can talk and shit. It's fucking great. Uh, so basically, she rolls into the group and is just like, all right, guys, I got this new person. She's going to be called... Uh, Dominant G. Dominant yeah, G. That's so great. <laughs> and she's just like, the f- just a hottie, right? That's just Madeline um, Fryer in Inferno. Yeah. <laughs> um, so basically, they go to this planet where they've agreed to become part of, um, to work, <laughs> to work in this planet's like brothel to get this like <laughs> magical plant that could potentially help everything. Sure. Yeah. Whatever. So basically, they get to the planet. It's like, oh, we got some seaweeds. Like, whatever. You'll get it once you're done fucking everybody for a day. Um, and they're doing their thing. They got lots of happy customers, but the new person they've enlisted is terrible. She's the worst lay. Like she, like the main character pops in and it's like, she's like emasculating this one dude. Is just like, yeah, yeah. she's like asleep. She's, she's like, like oh, asleep. He and he's like, oh, right. um, would you say that this is as big as they get? Or and he's like, no, mine's, mine's small. I was like, she's like, oh, it's getting smaller by yeah. the second. And she's like, what? stop doing that. Um, but basically then and she, there's like a lot of like clips of her just being terrible. Um, um, <laughs> and she's supposed to be working in a brothel and just can't, just does no idea what she's, she's like reading a book, checking her watch, all this stuff. On her phone. At one point she's like uh, it, in like a little bit more of a domination outfit. And she's like, what? He wanted to be choked. And yeah, like the dude's like, passed oh, out. God. Oh no. <laughs> um, and uh, my my boy Doug Cock um, gets the great idea to call her. <laughs> it's like more like recessive gene. It's like I love I love my man. I love my man <laughs> Doug Cock. So they get the basically they get the brilliant idea because uh, their ratings are going down. They're, they're fucking tanking. Subscribers. They're losing subscribers. The customers are basically need to go in fucking therapy. And like the, <laughs> the the madam of this planet. It's like what is going on in here? She's like, all right, I got a great idea. We're gonna teach you. And that'll be like it, the whole they pivot like to a, basically being a sex like a, makeover, like a porn tutorial. Yeah, to teach you yeah. how to like be sexy and yeah, do they, a sex education thing. They open up a whole new like channel on their website that's yeah. like a program to learn how to be a sex worker. Yeah, and like <laughs> that would be incredibly popular. That was my first thought. Like that, people yeah, would watch this. It was shit very smart, especially yeah. on the yeah. fly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Showing them like the sixty nines, like look, no, this is what it would because this is why it's called that. And then like she's like, look, airplane mode. In the biz, we call it getting your fuck on mode. <laughs> um, and eventually they do end up getting what they need. This this plant that basically just gives you um, nar- like narcotic level confidence that you could do yeah, whatever it's just you hope. want. It's it's literally just it's hope. just a plant that gives you hope, which is fucking amazing. It's like, oh, I thought this was gonna actually help us, but then um they kind of go back to Earth and she's like, look, 
I guess when you're as hot as me, I guess no one tells you that you're terrible in bed. But like, oh no, it's fine. And then they just sniff some more hope, and then they they look out into their algae farm that that can help global warming. So it was like it was a really nice story. I'm Um, sure nothing's gonna go wrong with the miraculous seaweed at all. Yeah, and Ocampo (laughs) is basically when she sniffs the hope flower, she's trying to get Bree back. Was one of the original crew members that has left since then. Yeah, because they started dating, they fell in love, and it did not go. That's not good. Didn't go. Can't fall in love with your sex worker coworkers. That's not good. Don't don't fall in love with your coworkers ever, but especially if you're sex workers. This was um, (laughs) this book's great. It's so much fun. (laughs) Um, it's just it's so absurd, but it's it says a lot of great things while being absurd. So. I'm glad that it's back. Go check it out. It's um, it's fun. They changed the artist, but I, I, it's it's a lateral move. It's very, it fits the vibe still. It, does. it, it still, still works. Yeah, it's, it's great. Well. I, I love it. Yeah, yeah, a little uh, bit more I, like uh, cartoony than the original artist, but I, I really liked it still. It is still in the same vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really liked it. Check it out. It's fun. Yeah, it's our third arc, so you got two trades or two, two other story arcs you can go read. Yeah. All right. Well, I have uh, Robin Number Two by Joshua Williamson, Gleb Melnikov, and Luis Guerrero. So, uh, so Damien's not dead. <laughs> spoiler, spoiler, spoiler alert! alert. <laughs> Just in case you know you thought he'd die in the first issue of the series. They also and they Damien, also who say did that not die. <laughs> not die. They also mention that later on where it's like, yeah, it's called Lazarus Island. Kind of uh, <laughs> gives it away that you might not die. So the, the book <laughs> opens up with uh, Damien's like, heart wound closing and him waking up. And then he looks and uh, Rose is like immediately uh, like, kind of like watching him resurrect. And uh, she's uh, like... I'm and for our less initiated DC listener, non-DC listeners, uh, Rose is Ravager Deathstroke's daughter. She's... She's great. I love her so much. She is, she is great. Uh, yeah. So she like is like, I'm so embarrassed for you. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so they, he, they get out of the, uh, wherever they are, uh, cave. I don't know. It's some kind of resurrection, resurrection room. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so they're like walking along this beach. And so she, explains that it's like yeah well you were dying and bleeding out we just heard the rest of the rules that you didn't listen to (laughs) and uh, it's like all right so you get uh you can die but you get resurrected and you get three lives but if you die three times then your soul leaves your body um yeah you don't get to come back the third time and um you can leave after the second fight if you want uh, but the the prize for winning the whole thing is immortality, and um, you also can't fight at night, which uh, is a strange rule. But I'm guessing um, it's something I, to do with I, I how the Lazarus just, shit works. Only works during but the day. But also, maybe. I think it's like uh, you know, the, the nighttime is base. Like everything is like mm, yeah, you're not supposed to like too. like you know, you need some time to sleep. You know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it cuts to flatline. Who's murdering someone? And, uh, and then uh, Damien like looks at her, and Rose is like, "Don't fall in love with the first person that kills you." And he's like, "No, uh, love is for chumps. I want revenge." And um, so Rose explains uh, 
Damien's like top five threats, and uh, it's Flatline and um, uh, the guy who is also a a Deathstroke ripoff that Rose seems interested in. Respawn. Yeah, Respawn. Um, Because she, uh, Rose explains that she's not there for the tournament, um, but they kind of cut to a panel of Respawn. And so I guess she wants to figure out what his deal is since he's also Deathstroke-y. Um, yeah, he's very Deathstroke-y deadpool And then uh, the other people that are threats are Black Swan, a ballerina that Damien just murdered, and um, XXL, who is just an anime protagonist. He's just essentially <laughs> 10-year-old One Punch Man, and he yep. comes with his own, like... Uh, He's got hype. He's men. got hype men. They're terrible. <laughs> <laughs> They're so annoying. <laughs> and he's just a, like a, a kid in a kid with like a big glove that's like punching people. Yeah, um, it's great. And then, uh, oh, and then Hawk is the last one because obviously, yeah. Um, yeah. And Damien uh, goes over to Flatline, and Rose is like, "You probably." You know, you should wait a minute before you start murdering people, but he just, there's like this huge splash page of him just killing, like, he just kills like six people. And then, uh, <laughs> he's like, I don't have to hold back anymore. This is and great. And then he throws his sword at Flatline and then he does like the, the eye pointing things, like, I'm keeping my eye on you. And then she just winks at him. And it's great. <laughs> That's so cute. They're gonna, they're gonna date. <laughs> uh, maybe. Damien then recovers his, uh, luggage. Which is just a duffel bag full of shoujo manga. <laughs> it's so great. Yeah, he's like, don't you fucking judge me. And like, snatches it out of her hands. And he's like, no one had better taken from me while I was gone. It's like, yeah, I don't think anyone stole your bag of manga. <laughs> um, and, and then Rose is like, I'll train you. And she's like, I, he's like, I don't need training. I'm the son of Batman, remember? It's like, okay, person who just died in the... Split second. <laughs> um, then Damien sneaks out uh, at night to go to the like the, the Lazarus pit, but it's like this huge Lazarus pit, like bigger than he's ever seen before. And he runs in the flatline, who I guess f- like was stalking him or like found him. And uh, she was like, "Can I come on your adventure?" And he's like, "No, no, leave, leave me alone." <laughs> um. So they they kind of team up just to spy on these people who clearly have ulterior motives of the tournament than just what is going on. And um they're also they were also you could tell that when they showed Hawk he, that he murdered someone but he was like very hesitant to do it and then these guys in the robes that we see now they're like remember who uh saved you uh and then he killed the person. So these people in the robes that are in this Lazarus pit clearly are trying to game the tournament. Um, and then Damien, like, hops out and leaves and then gets netted almost immediately. And it's Rose. <laughs> she just nets him. <laughs> it's so He's funny. Like, what the heck? <laughs> and she's like, no, it's okay. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'll teach you something that Batman never uh, could teach you ever, which is how to have fun. And they, like, go down... And it's this big party that they're all having because it's nighttime. So then they can't fight. So 
Yeah, like I said, the nighttime is based. Now you can actually like relax for a second. Yeah. But this book uh, is super fun. Great. I love the premise. Uh and I love it's like mixing all these different uh tones together. It's whimsical, but also there's murder. <laughs> whimsical murder. I'm I'm a really favorite. big fan of Ravager. <laughs> Uh, I mean, if it wasn't a fighting game before, it's definitely a fighting game now. They get three oh, yeah. lives? Like, come it, on. It's Mortal Kombat Island, 100%. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And, I and would play this game. It's so anime-influenced, which is great. Uh, the, the whole, like, Damien being a shoujo fan is so, such a killer gag. I love it's it. It's amazing. I love it. <sighs> All right, we got some shout-outs. We got a bunch uh, got of one. shoutouts. Oh, we got so many shoutouts. I'll, I'll get through this one quick. It's um, Detective Comics uh, 1036 uh, by uh, Mariko Tamaki, Dan Mora, and Jordi Belair. Uh, we got the Huntress. The Huntress has been um, following Batman around because, you know, she's like, well, you know, your name was implemented or implicated in this, you know, murder. So I don't necessarily think you murdered her, but I think you well, know we, something. We, can so t- gonna- we know from the... Um- back up last issue that uh her friend got murdered and so yeah, she started it was, put- it was like her uh, agoraphobic friend that she's been like trying to yeah, help so and she started she putting disagreed. things together that there were these other murders that were happening and it's so it's tying into detective it's really smart um it is really and smart, then yeah. huntress you know is like move over batman this is my book now <laughs> yeah it is um and we also remember from the last issue uh as B- bruce was walking home he sees like zombie sarah who is the woman that was murdered uh told you so bitches it's clayface it's lady clayface but it's fucking clayface i called it i called it um lady yeah, clayface so- huh yeah lady so lady clayface was in arkham when a day happened and somehow she like melted into the sewers and has been like trying to reconstitute herself but yeah that was her watching as sarah got murdered and she's just kind of like lashing out because she's like not really herself and she's like you know has ptsd so she's like taking the form of the woman that she's she was in gotham city monsters so i wonder how she ended up in arkham yeah i i am curious as to as to what happened there um but yeah then you know we, we also get uh Sarah's husband has some kind of weird parasite that... Oh, it's so creepy. It's so creepy. It's like worms coming out of your eyes. Um, and he dies moments before Batman and uh, Huntress get to him. So there's a, there's a bunch of wild shit. And then, uh, you know, one of Batman's other neighbors uh, who saw Sarah walk into his apartment and call the cops on him uh, and was like, where the hell is she? And it's like, oh, she's in a duffel bag because it's Lady Clayface. Um <laughs> 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 but yeah, now she's the next victim, so it's uh, you know, it's it's a, we got a we got a serial killer on our hands, and they might be parasitic eye worms. That's, that's that's yeah, no. not good. I don't like it. There you go. Gross. <laughs> I just really wanted to talk. It's book's great, but I really wanted to just say I told you so. That that was that's my contribution that to right. this episode. Well, Casey was right, everybody. <laughs> Yay! Great. <laughs> Never gonna hear the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so that's my shout out. I have mm-hmm. Heroes Reborn, Magneto, and the Mutant Force number one uh, by Steve Orlando, Bernard Chang, David Curiel. I'm just a sucker for making Emma Frost the pivotal character in your book. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this is. If you haven't been reading any of the Heroes Reborn stuff, Heroes Reborn is basically Blade wakes up in an alternate reality world something where the Avengers never happened because they never found Cap in the ice. 
So the main team is the Squadron Supreme. So basically, what if Marvel were DC? And there's all these like alternate like things that happen in that reality. But they're so. evil. Yes, I mean, yeah, they're yeah, they're bad guys. Um, but they come <laughs> with sour cream because it's Supreme. Ah, <laughs> uh, it's it's sour more cream. like um, I'm, I'm leaving. <laughs> it's more like uh, what is it? Earth Three, the Crime Syndicate. Yes. It's like, what if they were the big team at, yeah. in Marvel? Uh, so this book is the X-Men portion of the Heroes Reborn universe. And uh, they lost Xavier in a big battle. Um, and there's maybe a psychic like fragment of Xavier left in Magneto's mind. So they need a telepath, but they don't have any. So they need to go get Emma, who's in a prison. Um, so they break her out, and then uh, as she's like working on that, um, the Squadron Supreme show up and start invading their front lawn, and there's a big fight. <laughs> and um, we get to see Emma punch some people in diamond form, which I've needed for a long time. And <laughs> there's some great rogue uh, parts. Uh, the book was super fun. I really liked it. Um, definitely worth checking really, out, even if you haven't read any of Heroes Reborn before and you just like yeah, X-Men. Yeah, you don't really... As, as long as you know that it's an alternate world and that's the premise, you can read this totally on its own. Any of them, really. Um, I really like that Rogue... Uh, like, like, um, oh God, what's his name? Uh, Su- Super Scroll kills Mystique and then Rogue like takes super scrolls powers the same way that she took carol danvers powers so like it's the same as like she gets her powers but it's from super scroll like that's just like a really cool little like there's a lot of cool little details like that in there yeah there's there's great characterization across the board there's lots of banter and i was a really big fan he uh steve writes a really good emma so it's cool yep yeah hell yeah so that brings us to my shout out which was (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> ha ha number five Ha-ha! by <laughs> w maxwell <laughs> prince and Ga- gabriel hernandez walta um this is the first issue of this book so far that didn't leave me feeling like my heart got ripped out of my chest it's so wholesome yep. it's like it's like whiplash <laughs> yeah <laughs> from the rest of them so this I, the I, story uh revolves around this old retired clown lady named Pound Foolish named Pound Foolish which is obviously a take on Pennywise <laughs> <laughs> and um she's like retired living in suburbia still dresses like a clown um but she used to work for like the circus and she, it's just her going shopping to get all of the ingredients for her famous cauliflower casserole that she used to make for all of the other clowns and freaks at the circus and while she's she's ornery now yeah she's very (laughs) unpleasant like people get when they get too old (laughs) but while all of this is happening there's this like treehouse kids club of mischief makers who are like giving each other assignments of of things to do mischief around the town and the one kid gets his assignment is to break into the old clown lady's house and steal the weirdest thing you can find, which ends up being a pretty tall order. <laughs> <laughs> so like yeah, he, her whole house is covered in creepy. Clowns. Yeah. So like he break, breaks into her house. Well, he doesn't break into her house because she keeps leaving her front door open. 
And she immediately finds him and starts screaming at him. He passes out. <laughs> and then ends up coming to, she makes him casserole. And they, like, Aww. become friends. <laughs> and then so she's funny. like, like on his, on his way out, she's like, oh, wait, hang on. You need something to take to your, uh, your mischief buddies. And she, like, gives him this really creepy cloud statue. Uh, yeah. so, I like that he's like, I've never had cauliflower. And she's like, oh, this generation. and she like complains that cauliflower comes pre-cut in like plastic bags like what am i a child like i'm not a not an infant (laughs) yeah Yeah, no it it, it, there's a like refrain through the whole thing of um comfort because his uh casserole is comfort food so she's making it because she wants to feel like the the comfort that she felt with her family who are all the clowns and like now she's passing it on to this kid and it's so sweet it's like yeah i was i was like when i when i bought when i like looked at the cover like about to buy it i'm like please don't let this old lady die i'm gonna be really upset if this old lady dies like i can't handle this old lady dying and then the clown version of up yeah sure. <laughs> clown up if you will but yeah, I was pleasantly surprised with how uplifting this was because this has been so far a real bummer of a book. So. I, I love the just the the wake of uh, Prince's other work that has just mentally prepared us for the the worst. And we read this like, oh yeah, every now and then he's just like, gotcha, bitches. Even this book was like tonally at first it was like set up for some big like horrific reveal yeah well everything else i've ever read by gabriel walta is also like really emotionally traumatic (laughs) (laughs) like so i was uh, i was fucking ready so yeah so this was like uh this was a palate cleanser (laughs) yeah of cauliflower yeah (laughs) all right i'll go um i'll go two for two on bald i guess uh, we got yeah. The Blue Flame, number one, by Chris Cantwell, Adam Gorham, and Kurt Michael Russell. Uh, it seems to be our superhero book from Vault. Um, just which kind is T- TBD? Because <laughs> uh, it kind of starts off with him flying through space after he's. they talk about his origin, him creating this new fuel that allows him to go through <clears throat> and fly through the universe. And go see what's on, and they show him flying into like an unknown spot, and kind of gets brought into this tribunal, um, and sent to be on a trial. And then it kind of cuts back to him in Milwaukee, and just kind of being an everyday kind of guy, just shoveling snow, going to his HVAC job. Um, but definitely seems to be he was some sort of he's the blue flame, but like more like uh it seems like he was more like a street level hero in this town like people know who he is and he's going to like some some reunion show um to yeah he's going to like meet and greets at the mall yeah with a <laughs> like... bunch of other people like swift bird uh the uh the feet the crimson visage so just other those types of heroes um <laughs> And eventually they get like attacked and he's in the hospital and then he wakes up and there's just some sort of alien creature basically is like, um, like, do you know, like, do you understand what you got to do now? It's like, uh, yeah, sure. I got to save the world. It's like, all right, dude. Well, he's, he's being put on trial (laughs) for the human race to see if the human race deserves to, to continue to live. And that's what's happening in space. And then, so like, well, the thing we don't know is 
is the space stuff past or present or past or future or is it uh his comatose brain yeah just not quite uh, sure how past or future happening. neither yeah <laughs> so like yeah because they, they kind of set it up that like it, while he's in the hospital bed this other thing is happening so like either he's like astrally projecting to space or yeah, it, yeah i don't know i it's really it's a really interesting intro to the to this character i love to see where it goes yeah it was good though i liked a really good number one so i definitely yeah. recommend checking it out uh in the same vein of a really good number one that I can't wait to see where it goes. Um, Made in Korea number one by Jeremy Holt and George Shaw. Um, yeah, basically this is in a world where, for whatever reason or another, uh, doesn't seem like people can have children. Um, so they, the more affluent of society buys uh, proxies. So it's essentially robot children. And we're following this one couple that's like going to like a birthday party for a new proxy of like their friend. And uh, they miraculously are able to get one for super affordable um, because the guy who writes the code for them clearly, like, you know, came through some kind of breakthrough, doesn't want to tell his company, and then put it in one specific child. Well, specifically, he doesn't want to tell them because he did it on his work computer, and that means they own it. So he deleted it. He told his friend, he's like, oh, I figured it out. He's like, ah, no, just kidding. I was just tired. I, yeah, sorry. Uh, yeah, so he's keeping it a secret, yeah. but he's clearly come to some kind of big reveal, which we seem to think is uh, that he's discovered the code for sentience, you know? Yeah. Uh, something like that. So, yeah, so this this family gets their proxy, and, uh, yeah, it, it's it's a really cool first issue. I really want to see yeah. where it goes. I think they did that because, like, the main difference, like, they go to, like, a party that has one, and the kid's, like, super well-behaved, it's nice, it's, like, right away, and then when they get theirs... It like jumps, freaks the fuck terrified. out, and I like, guess yeah. no idea then, what's going on. And then they they take it to to the to to her bedroom, and they're like, "Okay, good night. You sleep now." And she's like, "What the hell, is sleep?" And they're like, "Ah!" And then she reads every single book that they had we, in this library. Tell her books or dreams. dreams, and he's like, "I read all the dreams, basically." <laughs> so. Yeah. yeah so, so yeah, I'm really curious to see where it goes. It's got like a really cool vibe. It's like both very heartwarming and very unsettling because there's like a couple panels where are just like, oh, that's creepy. Oh, what? <laughs> like there's there's like this underbelly of like something is amiss. Um, for better or for worse, it might you might be you know that it's amiss in a good way. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's cool. I liked it a lot. All right. So the last shout out. I have is uh, Black Widow number seven by Kelly Thompson, uh, Elena Casagrande, and Jordi Belair. Oh, man, it's still my favorite looking fight scenes in comics right now. Mm-hmm. Yep. So pretty. Uh, they end up training the uh, well. Uh, Yelena ends up training the um, the girl that they bring in. So she's Blue Widow, <laughs> and uh. <laughs> uh Nat's still mad at her for uh, training her, and then they, but, you know, they kind of tell her that she can leave at any time, but she wants to see through uh, bringing down Apogee because uh, they they messed with her, and she's getting electrical powers. Apogee's, like, has this cold of people that I guess they're turning people into super, like, superpowers. I don't really know. Um, but they seems to be they like go undercover and uh invade um one of their meetings and then 
grab one of the people that um is like take a participant in uh it and when they get back and interrogate them they melt so that's not nope. good you never you never want that I, in your informant always the worst case scenario <laughs> the people in your rug <laughs> um, <laughs> you're not gonna get that stain out. He's like you're through with the carpet. His powers were like kind of like Mr. Fantasticy, and they called him Gumby. And they're like, does he have a name? It's like now he's calling Gumby. It's like, oh, that's what I called him too. He's gonna really ruin the upholstery. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the book is is cool. Uh, the mystery is really interesting with the new villain and their weird power cult thing i don't know mm-hmm. so should be interesting where they're going and the art is just incredible well speaking of weird power cult hey. x-men is our top story we did it we, we did got it. here this is a long one this week you guys yeah, yeah. i mean it's not gonna get any shorter because we gotta talk about house of x and powers of ten like, ah! you, you know we did we did we talk about to. those like I'm good. We already covered that like a year ago. Yeah, do it again. It, it's it's funny you should mention that. Um, I was, I was out like running errands a, a couple of days ago, and I just had my my um, Apple Music on shuffle. And sometimes I I, I I'll upload like a, a raw cut of an episode into my iTunes so I can just listen to it before putting it out. And I found. The very first recording we ever did together. Oh, it was God. our it was our unaired pilot. We we burn it. We didn't have the name yet. We didn't have Tales from the Short oh, Box yet. And we covered the first oh, wow. issues of House of X and Powers of Ten. That never aired? Didn't air. Oh weird. Wow. wow. Okay. And it was That's... rough. And let it you guys. let it yeah. never. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I. You know. For the listeners here, that if you're new to the show, don't go back and start from the beginning. That's a bad call. We've learned a lot. <laughs> We've learned I mean, a if, lot if, as going. If you want to, they're there. I mean, we've just, just don't look at me. with us. Yeah. Don't look at me. <laughs> <laughs> don't perceive me, please. But it's just, it's just so funny that that popped up on Shuffle the week we'd be doing this episode. That is really funny. Like it's all full circle. Mm. It's no coincidences, you know. Uh, all right, yeah, so basically this uh, issue starts out with uh, Raven, Mystique, going to go get some uh, guns, some weapons from oh, Forge. Man. and uh calling back one of the weirdest and personally least favorite relationships in all of X-Books. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. What is their relationship? I don't oh, actually know that they have... they used to date. That's weird. I don't like very, that. It was a... So after Peter David left... X Factor for a little bit in uh, like after an issue like 100 or whatever. Um, X Factor went through like an identity crisis. It had no oh. idea what it wanted to do. It was like Sabretooth and Mystique and Forge and Wild Child, and it was it was weird. That is weird. Well, I don't like that. I didn't know yeah. about that, but that makes the that makes the weird tension in the air in this scene much more understandable. Because uh, yeah, they're having they're having like. They're sizing each other up while they're talking about like what kind of weapons she needs. Yeah, I don't, um, I don't like it, but it's fine. Yeah, I don't. But like, I no, it's very well done. <laughs> it's it, but I don't like their relationship. Yeah, yeah. But <laughs> yeah, he gives her a black hole grenade. Yeah, basically. Yeah, I lo- I um, love the scene where it's just like, well, I need to know what you want to kill. And it's like, just, just like, 
anything. She's like, she's like the biggest thing, like the most, the most damage under every fathomable circumstance. He's like, well, I, you know, I could say that I could give you something that you can't be, you know, within say 50 to a hundred miles of a gravity well of any significance. And she just kind of looks at him. He's like, got it. It's in space. All right, cool. It's Orcus, isn't it? Got it. Okay. All right. Got you. <laughs> And then, yeah, he gives her a fucking... Uh, a and then when she, bomb. like, brings it to Xavier and Magneto, she's like, if we went any bigger, he says it would destroy, like, a whole planet or the sun. It's like, okay. Yeah. Blow up the sun. <laughs> well, uh-huh. they're like, oh, see you later. Yes. Good luck. Spoiler, it still doesn't work. Sad. <laughs> yeah. Well, it doesn't work because she waits this too long. That's sad. my... Uh, yeah, I have I have some complaints about this, but it's but it's you know uh, understandable things that happen. Yeah, so basically, she as she's she's talking to to uh, Magneto and Xavier, and she's like, "All right, if I do this for you, you give me my fucking wife, right?" And they're like, "Yep, that's a deal's a deal, Raven. Go do the thing." So she's got to go blow up Orcus before they bring yeah, they, and they uh, very Nimrod online. Say if you fail. You, you don't, don't get, get your wife. like it's very clear. I don't, like, monsters. Yep. These I don't, guys are just yeah. monsters. They're fucking monsters. Yeah. Um. But you know she agrees to those terms for better or for worse, and then she goes there and she's watching as it comes online, and it's like, you know, the dude's wife put her husband's brain basically into Nimrod so that he can live forever and do the favorite this favorite thing in the entire world, which is kill mutants. Um, and it immediately is like that's a mutant. Yeah, he sits up and he's just like, he's like, I feel strange. What's happening? That's a mutant. And then Mystique's <laughs> like, no, it's not. Shit. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, but my my only complaint here is why the fuck did she have to watch him come online to set off the bomb? She could have set off the bomb while they were doing that. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Uh, um, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. Just I don't like, think that it's like some yeah. kind of like shock factor. I don't know. It, it could yeah, have just been positioning. Just, yeah. Bad timing, yeah. It's just bad timing. So she, she like, you know, move away. That I'm gonna shoot that mutant, and then she starts fighting him and sets off the bomb. But then Nimrod like replicates himself and like neutralizes it and uh, kill. Well, basically, as as he replicates, parts of him die. Yeah, and like eventually he, he, that woman's husband is just gone. So, so the one, the first brain that has her husband's brain in it, um, basically takes one for the team and kills itself to. To, to dismantle the bomb and he and he tells her that too he's like i'm gonna do this but it means that i'm gonna be gone so i, I love you very much and i'm sorry and she's like no 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 you can't up oh, too late he did it so then the next one comes online and she's like uh, are you my are you my husband and he's like i'm very sorry for what i have to tell you so now on top of the no. the rabid hatred of mutants they have they have a fucking revenge plot against them. yeah so the mm-hmm. only thing this bomb really accomplished was pissing them off and wanting them to kill mutants even more yeah to be fair though we know that because but we've like, seen the future <laughs> no we saw a, a future that wasn't I mean, this, this future. Is still on track to be one of those futures. We yes, we but it, but we didn't. The, the future we saw was her last life. Moira's last life. This is a different future. We have no yeah, but, idea where this will go. But they are on track to make the same mistakes. Well, they keep, they keep sure. fucking up. Yeah. So that's that's why Moira you gotta can't kill be a part Nimrod of anything. as a baby. Everyone yeah. knows that. <laughs> yeah, you gotta kill baby Hitler, baby, baby Nimrod, <laughs> <laughs> or just give him real bad brain damage. You don't have to kill the baby. Or like maybe just be like, hey dudes. 
What are, I'm sorry, what are Adam. Friends? What happens to people when you give them brain damage? She sometimes, she sometimes they become fucking serial killers. You just do you want Hitler to also be a serial killer, Adam? Is that what you You're want? You're saying that Hitler wasn't a serial killer? He was a he, he didn't what personally kill anyone. <laughs> yeah, we um. Sorry, guys. We took a hard left. Just giving brain damage to a person who was a. War criminal is worse. I do like it's how worse. Nimrod at the end basically catches Mystique. Is like, look, you failed. I'm here. Go fuck yourself. And don't yeah, ever come. Don't ever come as, back. He kills her as he throws her through the portal, mm. and then she she basically well, she tells. Wounds, uh, yeah, she dies from her wounds like immediately after coming through the portal. But it was long enough that Xavier backed her up her brain, and they know that she failed. Everyone knows she failed. And then she's so like, then, so about my wife. And they were like, yeah. What about, about your wife? Yeah. Yeah, what about her? You failed, what about you her? You dummy. You Ugh. dummy, dumb, dumb. <laughs> what do you do? She's like, and their mom's online. It's like, oh, Man. shucks. And then it shows the quote from her talking to her wife from Hawksbox, mm. basically yep. saying, burn it all down. <laughs> yeah. They, yeah. When, when those days come, remember these words, bring me back. And if, if you cannot, if they will not, Burn the place to the ground. And as we're seeing those those words, uh, it's Xavier and Magneto going to Moira in her secret Krakoa. And hole. she's reading uh, Destiny's diaries. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So Awkward. They're basically saying, that didn't work. What do you got? <laughs> <laughs> now what? What's next? Uh, Are, yeah, so that shit's all Apparently all next back. is Inferno. This yeah, we get a teaser right. for the next event, uh, which is Inferno. So, dude, so many of X. Well, the next event after Hellfire the Hellfire. But they're just obviously. event, 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 oh, it's, event. It's, it's right now and then in October. They got no chill. Ooh, it's, it's right ooh, now and then in October. <laughs> yeah, but they've just they just rolled off Ten of Swords. Like they're just they are it's, full throttle. Ten of Swords was last year. Just rolled off of it. <laughs> Just roll okay. off. But yeah, I mean, you know what that is? That's a man with a fucking plan. And that man is Jonathan Hickman. All right? Man with a goddamn plan. I love the plan. juxtaposition in this issue of two people fighting for their loved ones. Of people trying yeah. to... Uh, yeah. Like, th their uh, mission is very um, it's very personal. Like, the lady, yeah. in the, the lady, I'm sure, wants to exterminate mutants but she also just wants her husband to be alive and mystique wants her wife back as much as she wants to save krakoa right so yeah and by, and by doing this you've only reinforced that hatred and mission on the one side yeah yeah and and now raven's a wild card i feel like been she, a we don't know I right. mean, yeah, 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 obviously. I don't think but she's now... a wild card anymore. She is fully on fuck these dudes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, I cannot blame her. Yeah. That's... So she's going to definitely plot some shit. Coca-Cola to... needs new management. Is uh, Yeah, pretty much the... she's going to, uh, yeah. And I cannot disagree with that because they have become weird megalomaniac with their weird... Krakoa prisons and they're weird. Yeah, everything's weird. I don't, I don't like it. <laughs> it's weird. Everything's weird. <laughs> Xavier, Xavier's not a good person. No, he is not. Yeah, that's the which, big takeaway. Which also, which also brings us back to uh, the other plot that's happening, which is Onslaught, which I think is very interesting given where mm. where um, Xavier is, is mindset-wise right now. He's not necessarily a good person, so coming up against him as evil 
is interesting. Yeah. Because I hope he yeah. just eats them like, he's... like a chicken nuggy. <laughs> 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 just... A little bit of different sauce. <laughs> <laughs> a crap astronaut. <laughs> oh, I love it. The so art is fantastic was... too. Oh. oh yeah. Oh, it's so good. Because this is the first time that um, Mobili has been on the main title. He he just did the the sw- the man thing series, mm. but yeah. his art is really good. Yeah, it looks great. I'm a fan. Heck yeah. Yeah. So that was it, guys. That was last week's comics. We did, did it. it. We, so we made it. Uh, to this week's books, today's books, um, Basilisk number one from Boom looks pretty cool. And don't know what that's about, the but I'm excited. Batman. Tyrant, the, also the Titan and Horror Boom yes. book, The Nice House on yes! the Lake comes out. Dibs. This bitch. That's like you with the dibs. Really getting <laughs> hyped up on social media. The, she doesn't respect the dibs. I cannot fucking... I don't respect the dibs. It's mine. I'm doing it. Anyway. Uh, something called Worst Dudes from Dark Horse looks fun. <laughs> that um, does yeah, sound a, fun. Also, it sounds fun. Big X Week. Oh, Big X Week. Marauders, Excalibur, and what else? Something no, not else. Excalibur. It's Hellions and X Force. Yeah. Oh, sorry. Hellions, Marauders, <laughs> X Force. I think you said Batman. Um, I was just doing it from memory. That's my bad. Deadly Batman, Class, Batman, Black Swamp Cat. Thing. Batman, yeah. Black Cat. Deadly Class, Swamp Thing. Uh, Dead Dog's Bite. The last issue. Looks cool. Oh, oh, cool. Okay. Okay. Swamp Thing. I don't know if you said Swamp Just Thing. Nocturne. Firepower is, reaches a uh, conclusion. It's a big issue. Yes. I've, been, I've fallen behind on Firepower. Me it's too. It's still pretty good. I need to catch it's up. It's great. Yeah. Just uh, very much just a martial arts movie, and I love it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah. yeah. I'll see. Lots of cool stuff. Oh, yeah? Yeah, lots of cool, lots of cool little, little comic books there. So, yeah, uh, so, cool. so yeah. join us next week when they become last week's comics and we talk about them on this show, which is a show about comics from last week. So um, we did a thing. Uh, we did a thing we've been talking about since, honestly, I think we mentioned it on that pilot that <laughs> never got aired. Um, we, we've been wanting to do a Patreon book club style show even more podcasts and we did that we recorded our first one uh we're we're doing a book club it's called now and trade where we're going to pick up uh some books that that we really like uh and talk about them that are now in trade and we're we're kind of starting this off in a way where it's each of us are going to kind of make recommendations that we've we want the rest of us to read. This one was Sean's. We we got to talk about Sweet Tooth. I finally read it for the first time. <laughs> I really liked it. So yeah. uh, listen to us talk about that for about an hour. Um, we're going to be releasing that, I believe, either this week or next week on Patreon. So that's a really good reason. I believe it is next week, June 4th, which is also the same day that the show premieres. Wait, just kidding. As you're listening to it, this it's this yeah, week. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I'm again. I'm. We're hoping to get it out on uh, okay. uh, this Friday, which is the same time that the is it Netflix. Yeah, so Netflix. the Netflix show of the same name releases. So that was on purpose. Um, yep. <laughs> so yeah, that's a really good reason to to jump into our Patreon. Um, we're also going to be we had a lot of fun. It was really fun. We're also going to be taking a break for a few weeks. Uh, Kay- yep. After next week's episode, Casey's going to be gone, so we're going to use that as an excuse to kind of take a break from this nonstop yep. onslaught of reading and talking about comics. 
Pun intended on slot. <laughs> so yeah, that's all of our announcements for this week. Uh, cool stuff coming. Join our Patreon. Um, yeah. Follow us on uh, Twitter and Instagram so you can find out about when uh, you know the all the stuff drops. Uh, that's at last week's comics on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. So that's all that stuff. Um, yeah. Continue uh, taking care of each other out there, you guys. It's a weird world we live in. There's weird new rules. Just uh, respect each other. Keep your hands clean. And until next week, uh, we'll see you next week. <laughs> For myself, Casey, Sean, and RJ, this is Tales from the Short Box. Bye, everyone.